Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I am Will Heisentruitt, and this is Sometimes Baseball. I am joined by writer, journalist, editor, and a bunch of other um, job titles that he's held. Former distinguished video coordinator, though, probably the most important. My good friend, co-host, David Bourne. How you doing, David? I've been good, Will. How have you been, man? It's been a long time. Yeah, no, doing well. Uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast that I did with Nate Harold, um, the first part of the personal podcast series, I just finished finals and I'm back now in D.C. getting ready for the Christmas season. Very excited for that. <laughs> but yeah, doing good. But um, yeah, two two's fun, but three is a party. With that being said, we are joined by one of the hosts of the Cardboard Illuminati podcast, Nate Emerson. How are you doing? Good. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, we we got a lot to talk about. Let's uh, go over the agenda. Uh, so we're going to start off as we normally do with the What You've Been Thinking. And we're going to talk about Nate's experience on the Cardboard Illuminati podcast, how that all got started, and uh, one of the big guests that he's had on the show. <laughs> uh, then we're going to get into uh, his personal um, story, um, why we brought him on. He is a card collector, like David and I. So we're going to get into his uh, personal page, DRC Collector. We'll find out what the DRC stands for. And we're going to ask David about his Phillies and Dave Dombrowski and what he's uh, hoping to get out of that. We're going to have our draft of the best wintertime activities, and we're going to close it all out with the song, lyric, or movie quote of the day. Now, if any of our listeners have a fun uh, draft they want us to do, or any trivia or stuff you can you think can stump David or our guests like Nate, you can be a part of the show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or TikTok. Unfortunately, I deleted TikTok, so no more TikTok. Uh, on Instagram, you can DM us at Sometimes Baseball. <laughs> uh, additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash store slash Sometimes Baseball. If you don't like any of the current designs, you can reach out to our email, which is Sometimes Baseball at gmail.com. All right, David, what you been thinking? Uh, it's been a slow MLB offseason. I'm ready for oh, some yeah. big names to get signed. Uh, I think I read today that in total, only $200 million has been spent this offseason, and uh, yep. none of those signings have been remarkably exciting. So I'm hoping some of these bigger-name guys can, can put the pen to the paper and make some noise because I'm getting bored over here. Yeah, I think the biggest name or most impactful name, I think, is Charlie Morton to the Atlanta Braves at the moment <laughs> uh, just yeah. because it makes their starting rotation a powerhouse. I don't know. Nate, any thoughts on the offseason? They, they really – I'm I'm actually a Braves fan, so I was oh, wow. pumped when we got Morton. Um, I like that a lot better than when we signed Josh Donaldson a few years ago, which Donaldson <laughs> was great for us, but we paid him way too much money. Yeah, it was a like those one year deals for like former award winners. They can be a bit dangerous. Yeah, I think what I love Morton. Yes, no, he is a guy you can just put out there, uh, and he's like a game seven like lockdown starter. I he's. Uh, very, very, very uh, well-respected within the game, and uh, he's got a lot going for him. And when you add uh, him to that lineup and the other starters, it's dangerous team. Dangerous, dangerous team. Um, yeah, I, I – the you, you mentioned Donaldson, and I think what everyone's waiting for is Trevor Bauer to sign to yeah. see if he goes with that one-year deal. <laughs> I think that's probably the biggest question mark coming into this offseason – probably going to be the biggest one in February when he still hasn't signed. <laughs> um, but uh, so here's what I've been thinking. Um, not really much thoughts, but I saw this and I thought it was pretty funny. So I thought I'd share. Uh, this guy has a whole series of completely legal things that make you look like a psychopath. <laughs> so I thought I'd share some of them. Uh, one of the ones was uh, speed walking. Completely legal speed walk, but those people look like psychos. Have you guys ever seen like speed walking competitions? Oh yeah. Those people are nuts. <laughs> um, uh, here's one. Uh, not screaming sweet Caroline as a white dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have been to a Red Stocks game in Fenway, so I can testify to that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, that is their song. Uh, another one was peeling an orange and then eating it like an apple. That. Like it's just, or oh, here's one of my, <laughs> yeah, here's one of my favorites. Uh, being in public with a glass of water from home. <laughs> like, yeah, just, I guess I've never thought about that one. You walk around like, yeah, this is my glass of water. 
Like, golly, like I, 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 that person needs to be locked up immediately. <laughs> um, cutting sushi in half, dipping cookies in water, not hyping up puppies. These are just some of the things that. Uh... <laughs> Additionally, eating cereal with water. Yes, or pouring the milk first. The all <laughs> psychopath things. Um, constantly looking at the barber through the mirror. <laughs> I never know what to do when I'm getting my hair cut. Yeah. I'm just like, do I stare into my own eyes? And <laughs> That's what I do. I look my straight ahead. <laughs> I just try to make sure he's not like cutting off stuff he's not supposed to be cutting or he's steering clear of the ears. Because uh, <laughs> one time a barber cut my brother's ear and there was so much blood. It was horrible. Uh, um, and that was the last time Mike Tyson ever tried to cut anybody's hair. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, here's one. Uh, going into your friend's parents' room when you're over at their house. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was never even an option. Like, I don't even go into my own parents' room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and then here's just uh, one more. Um, sitting next to someone on a bus, plane, or train when there are a bunch of free seats. <laughs> That's definitely one that, uh, uh, definitely a psycho. Uh, I was on a Southwest Airlines flight one time, and there was maybe 25 people on the plane. It was like a 10 p.m. flight on a Tuesday, and there, somebody sat in my row. I'm like, dude, get the heck out of here. Like, that's <laughs> not okay. <laughs> no, what you have to do is another activity that makes you look like a psychopath. You, like, you just smell your hand and be like, what's this smell like to you? <laughs> and they will, they will leave you alone. Yes, I've heard that. I've, I got, or might have been like an SNL skit or something. I saw uh, or... Dimitri Martin has a joke about. Yes, it. okay, that's that's where I saw it from. Dimitri Martin, hilarious comedian. You can find him on Netflix. All right, Nate, what you been thinking? Why does the phrase "my old man" mean your dad, but "my old lady" means your wife or girlfriend and not your mom? That, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, none of us are married, um, so I can't describe what that's like um, being married. <laughs> and if there's a reason to call your wife an old hag or a, my old lady. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I've never heard a woman refer to her husband as my old man. Yeah. That's one of those like uh, it was like double entendre or something. Just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I have no idea. I, that has just always bothered me. It's yeah, never dude. something I thought about until today, but now, it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was texting David about word stuff today because uh, he'll he'll probably get into this later. The word bad. It's like one of those words, if you just say it over and over again, it sounds less and less like a word. Yes. <laughs> just say bad, 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 bad. Like, it doesn't sound real. It sound, it's, It starts off as a word and then ends as just a sound. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, we're going to get this whole thing started. So, Nate is one of the founding members of the Cardboard Illuminati podcast. So, take it away, Nate, how to get started. So we got started because a lot of people wanted Tyler Sports Guy and Suns Fan 8, Jack and Tyler, um, to do a podcast just because they've been very outspoken in the Instagram card community for years. Um, I joined the Instagram card community last year. I had been friends with Jack from Facebook, so I got to know him. He knew Tyler. Um, they didn't really have the technical know-how. They still don't. Um, <laughs> to, to do the podcast. So that's where I came in, and we just we just ran with it. We we knew ahead of time we were like, we don't care about getting sponsors or anything like that. We just we want to have fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, now it has taken off um, considerably. You do have sponsors, one of which is Sports Card Junction, who David and I had the owner on the show, or the son of the owner, Chad Weldon, <laughs> um, soon to take over. Um, yeah, they sponsor. Um, so, like, how did that really get going? Like, when did you start noticing, like, you have, like, gained, like, a following? So, we I already knew, basically, from the beginning that Chad was going to sponsor us. 
Um, Chad is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in his wedding. If I ever get married, th- this past year has been rough uh, for relationships. But if I do, he will be in mine for sure. Um, so he wanted to to sponsor that, get his name out there because he knew that Tyler and Jack have a lot of pull in the the community. So it's a marketing aspect for him. Um, Chris Chris Cards KC is another one of our sponsors. He's very good friends with Tyler, Jack, and I. Um, and then our newest sponsor, Sean Sokol, um, reached out to Chris because he had saw our podcast or whatever, and Chris was the only one of us that he really knew and said, hey, can you let them know that I want to be a sponsor? And we were like, sure, just know that we say awful stuff all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did listen to one episode. Uh, you had one guest on in particular that piqued my interest. Dave, do you want to ask about that? Yeah, so uh, Trout's alluded to it a couple times now, but you talked to Gary V. we saw. Yeah. How'd you uh, set that up, and, you know, what was that conversation like? So Tyler, as most people know, is a meme lord on Instagram. He makes memes about absolutely everything sports card related, and there were plenty of times where he would make them about Gary V. <laughs> oh, gosh. And just the people that blindly listen to Gary V, or he'd call Gary V out on um, telling people, like, oh, I think David Njoku is going to be a good investment. And eventually Gary V got, he DM Tyler and said, you know, Hey, I think these are funny. And then they just got talking. And then eventually it was just Tyler asked, Hey, do you want to come on our podcast? And Gary was like, yeah, because Gary absolutely loves cards. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's very, very passionate. I, I was against him being in the hobby at first. And then I got to actually see his excitement and just how genuine it is. Yeah, I listened to the uh, show and um, it really was. I started off in the same way as you. I'm like, uh, what he's doing, he's getting all these people into like the flipping aspect of it. And not so much just like the love of collecting. So like I have some of my slabs here. Um, But it really by the end of it i'm like wow like he's doing he's great for it like he's very deliberate in what he does like Mm -hmm. he talked about how he blurs out uh the players on like his slabs and he's like it hurts me to do that because i'm excited about it but i know how much influence i have he's got what eight million followers on instagram or something crazy between instagram and twitter he's over 10 million yeah yeah And, and and he really just talked about and he was really happy to be on your show because he could talk about why he does what he does, um, how careful he is, um, and also, like, some of his his thoughts and, like, why he saw the sports card really coming back um, to the national interest, I guess, um, yeah. a couple of years before a lot of people did. And we had touched on it on the show. A lot of people's initial issue with Gary V and the hobby was – the flippers and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that in general should be looked at, not just with Gary V, but just tons of people have blind devotion to influencers. Yeah. Um, And then at face value, we attack the influencers and we need to reassess that. And just, I have no problem with new people coming into the hobby. And I've said it all the time on the Illuminati podcast. I have no problem with people coming in. If you guys have any questions, let us know. Just be respectful of the people that are also in this for a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Was there any other insights? I know one of the things he touched on was the importance of investing now into vintage cards because those are far more, um, like, rare, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're definitely common. more finite. Yes. Um, and they're honestly more works of art than they are just pictures. Um because you look at some of those old cards, like uh, Roberto Clemente rookie, the Mickey Mantle rookie, like mm-hmm. those cars are they are paintings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he really talked about uh, his aspect of I'm starting to invest now into the vintage, um, and because now there's just so many products out there. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely and honestly the biggest thing that I took away from talking to him was check population reports mm-hmm. it's i've used it to to make money on the side flipping pokemon cards because i go after cards that people don't realize 
that there aren't a lot of graded ones because they're older, more beat up sets. So I, I've used that to, I use the flipping side of things to pay for my hobby and just mm -hmm. for fun side of things. Yeah, I bought this for my brother. He's big into soccer. Soccer, I know, is starting to make like a waves in the industry. Yeah. It's like Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Champions League, uh, Topps Chrome card. There's five of these graded 10 in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and he's one of the most popular players out there. Um, I also got my other brother a Pulisic card. He's a guy from uh, USA, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's only like four of those in the world. Like, it's just, as people realize, like, these aren't that common. And uh, one of the players I'm invested now into is Juan Soto. Yes. But that was before I checked the population report. There's 15,000 yeah. rookie Yeah, Soto's cards. population is way up. Um, but then we're also seeing, I love, we've seen this year a boom in um, value for Panini baseball cards. Mm -hmm. Which... I love Panini baseball cards because they don't have the license. So they are super hungry. So they make quality products. Yeah. I, I bought a, a couple Panini contenders boxes, um, which could be a mistake, which could not be. Um, you can get, I'll get your perspective on ripping packs. Um, but it, I do, I did like how these guys were just in like, kind of like just t-shirts looking like they were just red like it's jerseys um because they didn't have like the logos it was like a bit different um there were also a lot more autographs um but yeah let, let's uh hear your thought on yeah as far as contenders goes um for baseball i personally stay away from that just because a lot of the contenders products for baseball are college unis yeah and you can look at football and basketball and see there's a steep drop off from pro uni to college uni Mm -hmm. um, so me personally, if I'm going to rip Panini Baseball, I love ripping Donruss. They have okay. so many nostalgic insert sets from the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, and they have their quote-unquote pro uniforms. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, because uh, I, I've started to realize, like, after I opened those, but I'm like, this is not, like, <laughs> I didn't get anything really, like, cool um or anything containers good. is still a fun rip yeah it, like the tickets uh they look cool there's a lot going on with them but i'm um, definitely i'm just i need to get back into like the just buying like the singles <laughs> oh yes that is buying wax is absolutely my downfall like i'm mm -hmm. good at figuring out what singles to buy and hold on to sell later this that I'm a crackhead when it comes to ripping wax. It's like, oh, that one wasn't good enough. I got to do another one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and so this is really begs the question. There is a lot of wax products to buy. So David, ask. Uh, you had a question about uh, where the uh, industry is going in terms of how many products are out there. Yeah, do you think they're flooding it a little bit? with uh, the amount of boxes and, you know, the prices are outrageous for these. Like, do you think that can sort of, I don't know, st stay the same or is it watering itself down? So initially I thought it was starting to water it down, but then I came to the realization um, th there's two different things to look at. One is, so you brought up the prices. We're seeing these price hikes on all the products if the products remained the same price, that would mean that they're increasing the product mm -hmm. print run. Mm -hmm. So say, you know, you buy a box that last year was $60, but this year it's 120. Mm. If it was, if it were to fall to $60 a box, it's because they printed probably double the print run. Um, and yeah. the other thing that I kind of came to realize the other day is I gave Panini a lot of crap because they're starting to put out like different versions of the same product. Like they have Donruss, but then they have clearly Donruss, premium stock Donruss. Um, and honestly, I would rather them do that than just up the production of regular Donruss because then it doesn't hurt the value of the Donruss name going forwards people would just see, okay, 
I just want the Don Russ because the clearly Don Russ isn't the true rookie or something like that. Okay, yeah, because th- th- that was something uh, David and I have had concerns about, <laughs> just like looking at it, uh, just because there is so many different products out there. There's probably 70 different sets or something like that. At, at uh, least. At least. Um, it, just for like the year 2020 um, across all sports and whatnot. Uh, but this is something that we've also seen just – the quality is starting to fall a little bit. David got <laughs> a purple parallel first. And you, you can tell the story. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually got it in the mail today. I did a, a Bowman draft break, and I got the Red Sox. And uh, I got a, a purple first parallel for Nick York, the first-round pick, which, like, you know, pretty solid. I'll yeah. take it out of 250. But the centering looks like it was cut with somebody yeah. with – like, my my six year old cousin could have cut that better. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's another thing that I was I was I was in the same boat to begin with. Th- this year in general, I've just tried to be more positive thinking, and it's definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things. Tops and Panini, they get their cards printed by the same company. Yeah. Tops and Panini aren't the ones actually manufacturing the cards. Gotcha. I realize that there has to be quality control of some point. Um, that's why, like, typos and stuff on cards, that's all on the company, the card company. But especially this year, the product lines had to shut down for an extent, so now they're working overtime. Uh, we, were, we were always going to see a, a dip in quality with all that considered. Mm. So I think next year, the quality should improve. If it doesn't, then we know that there is a systematic issue and not just a, hey, there's a pandemic issue. (laughs) Okay. All right. Makes sense. Uh, So, but you uh, yourself, you are very uh, public with uh, your own card collecting. Yeah. Uh, You are, uh, we'll give you a shout out at DRC underscore collector. Uh, so tell us what the DRC stands for. And, so the uh, DRC is the, the player that I collect mainly is Dominic Rogers Camardi. Um, he started off as an Arizona Cardinal. He's a cornerback. So I, I'm a Cardinals fan for football. And mm-hmm. I started collecting him when he was there because I wanted someone that I could afford to like go all in on. And defensive players are not expensive. Yeah. Pretty much in any sport, even if you take a baseball guy that's known just for his glove and not his bat, mm-hmm. not, like look at Omar Vizquel. Or Omar Vizquel, yeah. Omar well, Vizquel, gets, he gets respect, <laughs> yeah. but if he had the same offensive numbers and recognition that he has defensive, his prices would be way higher. Mm-hmm. But So I just started collecting him. More recently, I've been collecting Josh Norman just because it's getting harder and harder to find DRC cards that I don't have. I got you. (laughs) And Josh Norman, it is a lot of newer sets. And honestly, it has just given me, brought me back to the love of the hobby itself because now I get excited like, oh, there's a $2 parallel that I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to ask how much of your income, I guess, does does really goes towards like your hobby? Is this too much? too much okay yeah i i don't have an exact number because i do flip stuff in the hobby but at the same time i know i i've i tried doing a budget one time and i was like i'm not gonna follow this (laughs) Uh, i'm getting better with it though gotcha 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 Uh, so uh, when did you get into the hobby like what really what really like sparked your passion for this because you have a real passion I, I had always collected kind of when I was growing up, a little kid, um, just go to the store. Okay, as we're checking out, I'll, I'll get a pack of baseball cards or something. Didn't really care about it. And then my senior year of high school, 2010, I, um, as a Braves fan, I was caught up in the Jason Hayward hype. Huge. Oh, yeah. Home run on the first pitch or first at bat. Uh, I was running around my house. <laughs> But the, the first two cards that I will say, like, fully launch, launched me into the hobby, I, I won an auction for a lot. It was a, a Jason Hayward Just Miners Gold Parallel Auto out of 50 and a Tommy Hansen Bowman Sterling Auto. And I bought them and just haven't looked back since. 
started working for my local card shop after I started going in there buying stuff. Nice. Wow. That... <laughs> Tommy Hansen. What? I don't. I don't know that name off the top of my head. Uh, he he was a big oh. pitching prospect for the Braves. Yeah, he, oh, okay. he had a really sad ending there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's not around anymore. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he he's one of those guys that his career injury ridden went downhill, started using drugs, and they eventually got to him. Gotcha. Okay. Was he the okay. rookie of the year? No, and I was pissed because he should have <laughs> been rookie of the year, but they gave it to Chris Coughlin. Coughlin, whatever, Coughlin. for the Marlins. Oh. Yeah. David I was his... about that, too, because I wanted Jay Hat from the <laughs> Phillies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, David has his own beef with uh, the Chris with Coughlin. Chris Coughlin. Yeah. 2008 yeah. and our Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I think that's enough votes to strip him of the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, year two right there. See you. Get him out there. But I think that that – award really has kept chris coglin around <laughs> yeah. yeah certainly on this podcast it has. yeah well <laughs> sheesh um but uh so you're doing a couple cool things uh with uh your page drc collector um uh for this friday uh you have a very covid christmas <laughs> yes uh, Chris, uh christmas day 11 a.m eastern tell us about that so Last weekend or last week, I forget when it was at this point because days just meshed together this year. I kind of feel on myself just because this is going to be the first year that I have not been able to spend Christmas with my parents, my grandparents, my sister, mm -hmm. uh, my little nieces. And I was feeling sorry for myself. And then I thought, okay, I had been talking to it with a few people. They said, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be weird, not going to be able to spend Christmas with my family. And a little light bulb went off, said, hey, why not turn this into a positive, give everybody a place to hang out and spend time with, you know, friends on Christmas and just talk about whatever. It's not just going to be cards. Honestly, it could turn into, uh, when I've done Sports Card Junction's live streams <coughs> before, we're in the middle of breaking stuff and talking about, okay, What's the best Halloween candy? So <laughs> that was the draft we did with. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so I, I figured uh, I'm going to be on Instagram live starting at 11 a.m. Eastern until basically whenever, mm -hmm. you know, um, just hanging out. People can come in. I'm going to have a couple people hop in, do a live. Um, I'll probably end up playing, doing a, a Pokemon battle with at least one person, one of my friends on there. Nice. Do some pack wars, maybe. I'll be giving some stuff away. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, that that uh that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and then I wanted to ask this. Uh you don't have to answer, you can ask me to move on, but you are very open about uh your experiences with the de depression in your life. Uh they have impacted your life a lot. Um, so I wanted to ask, uh, give you the opportunity to give any advice to people out there who might be dealing with something like this yeah um honestly the reason i'm so open is because early on with my depression it was just one of those things you don't really talk about mm -hmm. because you know it makes people uncomfortable or they don't understand and then just over time i've seen other people talk about it and that kind of gets the wheels turning in your own head be like okay the more they're talking about it the more i feel comfortable with it Mm -hmm. So if I do that, it's kind of like passing it on. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing that I can say is don't be afraid to ask for help mm -hmm. and also realize that help is different for everybody. Like right now I'm on medication. I probably will be for the rest of my life. Um, other people, medication doesn't really work, but therapy does. Sometimes you need both. Sometimes you just need Maybe therapy spread out. You don't have to go every week or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but just having it as an open topic really helps end the stigma and just realize that it is a disease because it's a, it's a chemical imbalance. My brain's all scrambled from concussions, and that's why I have clinical depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So it's, okay. just, it's, it's a physiological issue. It's not just, oh, I'm sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've really tried to touch on this uh, 
on this show because uh, one of our other co-hosts, Carrie uh, Jarvie, he was supposed to join us today, uh, couldn't make it, but he is now a licensed uh, psychologist and mm-hmm. he has his own practice and it's specializing in play therapy. Um, so he does that uh, mainly with young adults um, and just, it really, he's realized just the more and more he talks about it, the more comfortable people are. Yeah. Um, so like what he does is he's, uh, he learned how to play Dungeons and Dragons because that's mm-hmm. what some kids are in into. So he learned how to be like a dungeon master or whatever. <laughs> and it just uh, playing with children, it, it allows them to open up more. Uh, he has he his own Minecraft server. And he's really just being open is something that he's learned through his schooling and now his experiences as a licensed psychologist. Like this is something that needs to be talked about more and the stigma around it. Um, so thank you, Nate, for opening yeah. up a bit about it <laughs> um uh, but yeah any any other uh last minute pieces of advice that you can offer us or um in terms of just card collecting or anything else um honestly not not that i can really think of just the things that i tell everybody if you're collecting collect what you like yeah if you're in it to make the money fine just be respectful of the other people that are in it just for fun Mm-hmm. But also do your own research. Yeah. Don't just blindly listen to other people. Mm-hmm. Because the, if they're giving you advice, other people already know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I did my own research. I, um, I invested heavily into Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, just because I looked at the stats. He hits the ball hard half the time. And he's up in the top 14 in baseball. But the problem is he keeps hitting into outs. So, hey, if he yeah. starts avoiding people in the field, guess what? He's a 325 hitter, uh, 35 bombs a year. Uh, he's really going to be above and beyond what people expect. And he's super uh, low right now. He's younger than me. I'm 22. He's not even 22 yet. Yeah. So he still has a lot of time ahead of him. Uh, he's got a Hall of Fame dad uh, to carry his name. Um, I I, I personally for my own research i feel very strongly about that yeah i I think he's gonna be a stud but i also wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being like a dan ugla type (laughs) mashes the ball but just never really fully he just gets unlucky with where he hits it hard Mm -hmm. say it with me david Dan Ugla. (laughs) i don't know if his forearms will be quite as impressive as dan (laughs) i was at the Phillies Braves game in Philly many years ago, where Dan Ugla hit the grand slam in the top of the ninth, <laughs> I was going crazy. <laughs> and then I saw there was one of my favorite baseball clips of all time. They have a bunch of Phillies fans like trying to do like the voodoo on Dan Ugla. And they're going <laughs> like this for the pitch. And then you just see him go. And they just sit back down in their chairs. <laughs> That's a that's a great segue into uh, Phillies talk. Uh, so I wanted to ask David, you just hired a new uh, director of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski. Uh, he's got a resume, a couple of World Series uh, titles, a bunch of World Series appearances. Uh, he he should have won with Detroit. Uh, so yeah, let's get uh, your perceptions of him and uh, what you're hoping he does. Uh, overall, I don't love Dave Dombrowski by any means, but like you said, he's, he's won everywhere that he's gone. So I'll take him. There was a lot of negativity from, uh, Philadelphia fans about the signing or the hiring, whatever you want to call that. But, um, honestly, I think a lot of people just like to pretend that they know the right 38 year old that's currently working in, you know, San Diego's front office. And it's going to, you're saying there. Philadelphia Phillies fans or just Philadelphia fans in general are being negative. I don't yeah. believe you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, I don't know if, if people could realistically rattle off a better candidate than Dave Dombrowski. All right. I'll, I'll listen and I'll hear it. But overall, just as like a baseball name, I'll take it. He's, he's a guy who's proven he's done something. Is he a little old school? Yeah, probably. But maybe that's something they need, you know? So I don't know. He couldn't have been worse than Matt Klentek and Andy McVale, who I have been openly against <laughs> on uh, every sort of platform, be it this Twitter or wherever else I am. But uh yeah, so I'll take it. I, I wish him the best. I think the Phillies are sort of strapped in a weird situation where 
they're paying people a lot of money, but they're not willing to pay more people a lot of money. So they're kind of caught in the middle. But who knows, man? It might be another long season of Phillies baseball, but can't wait for it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another guy that is a bit old school uh, in his thought process, but he is a young guy in general. And he is one of those guys getting paid a lot of money, Bryce Harper. Uh, do you think he now thinks that he made a mistake? Because he is locked in. No trade clause, 13 years. He's got 11 years left. Do you think he's wondering what's going on? I, I could understand if Bryce Harper was a little frustrated with how the Phillies have handled this offseason. They basically openly come out and say, like, all right, D.D. Gregorius not coming back, J.T. Romuto not coming back. And, you know, if you're the star player there that Harper is, you have to look around and be like, all right, well, what are we doing? You know, if, if we're not pushing to bring these key pieces back, what exactly is the plan? But at the end of the day, he's getting that 330, you know? <laughs> so I don't know if uh, if he's hurting too bad, but he's, he's he also a guy who wants to win, you know? So I, I don't mean that too seriously. Of course, the money's nice, but he's a guy who's a competitor. He's going to want to win and, and get a ring at the end of the day. So yeah, if Bryce Harper's frustrated, I, I would empathize with him 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I know from uh, his time in D.C., I'm a Nationals fan. Um, he he aspires to win more than uh, he would, wants to get stats. And I know that might not seem like him just because of, like, the facade he puts up, but this guy wants to win and win bad. When they signed Scherzer, he's like, where's my ring? Because he wanted to win that ring so badly. Um, He loves the big moves. He loves JT Real Muto. And I'm just wondering if he's thinking that he was lied to uh, by the Phillies front office. Because right now your owner isn't doing much. And he's claiming you guys lost $2 billion. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, the $2 billion number – don't get me started on that one. I'm, I'm not even going to touch on it. But um, I don't know, man. He's got to be annoyed in the slightest bit, whether he'll say it or not. At the end of the day, you have to be. If all of the best talent on your team is just walking, you're not even you know getting anything in return for him. Mm-hmm. But he'll play his hardest until, uh, until his last day out there, and I, I trust him to do that. All right. One move that you would like to see the Phillies make. Uh, sign uh- a shortstop. Okay. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Give me a shortstop. Uh, I would love DD back. I don't think it's going to happen. But um, right now they have one shortstop on the roster, and that's the kid who they just took from the Yankees in the Rule 5 draft. And I love me some Yankees prospects, but I don't know if that guy's in every single day, you know, shortstop you're going to put out there. So whether it be Didi Gregorius, Marcus Semien, uh, has Anderson Simmons signed anywhere yet? Nope. I would take him. Don't, um, don't you dare take Simba. <laughs> <laughs> Andrelton right. Simmons is the best defensive shortstop in the league. Top three defensive shortstops all time. He, yeah, that's. I certainly wouldn't wouldn't argue against it. I love Angleton Simmons, but um, if if you feel that strongly about it, then I'll I'll root for him not to sign in Philadelphia just for uh, <laughs> just for your sake, Nate. Any so like I said, just give me a shortstop, competent major leaguer. Put him who, up. Who did the Phillies trade in the J.P. Crawford trade? Because I bet you would like him right now. That they traded J.P. Crawford. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. You got Jason uh, like, right? They got Segura for J.P. Crawford, yeah. Yeah. Segura was good when he was there, but I bet you guys would take uh, Crawford right now. Yeah. yeah. He had a good year. Gold glove, right? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, but he he just didn't look like the answer his first couple uh, tests at the major league level. Um, I I still don't think he's hitting that well, um, but, yeah, Yeah. they might be regretting that, might not. I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, the former Phillies middle infield of Cesar Hernandez and J.P. Crawford won gold gloves. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> uh, Nate, how about you? One move you'd like your Braves to make? Uh, oh, man. I can't – I honestly can't really think of anything because we got Morton. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind snagging Simmons and – putting either him or Swanson over a third now that Donaldson isn't there anymore. Yeah. And Johan Camargo is good, but he's not an everyday guy. 
Yeah, and, and there's concerns that didn't he tear his ACL like running on the field one time? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I God, that video looked like it bad. Um, <laughs> not the worst Braves injury that I've ever seen though. Remember when Tim Hudson got his ankle say, stepped Tim on? Hudson. Yeah. Oh, ugly one. Ugh. Gosh. Yeah, but uh, everyone knows my thoughts on what the Nats should do. Sign uh, Justin Turner and sign Jock Peterson. We need bats. We got the pitching. Just get some bats in there, man. <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway, all right, let's move it on to uh, the best wintertime activities. It is the longest day of the year, uh, which means we are in the middle of winter. I don't know if you guys still have snow on the ground or what, uh, but uh, we'll do a draft, three rounds. Nate, start us off. First overall draft pick. Oh, man. I'm going to go with a bit of a sleeper here. I'm going with watching a movie by the fireplace. Oh, okay. I was just going to say sitting by the fireplace, but yeah, watching a movie by the fireplace. Watching a, a Christmas movie by the fireplace? Oh. Yeah. What uh? What's your favorite Christmas movie? Jingle All the Way. I've never seen that. Oh, man. It's, it is fantastic. What's Who's that the, about? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Hartman is also in it. All right. <laughs> so, but it is, oh, man. I, I highly recommend it. It is, it, it is a very goofy movie. <laughs> there is a very, there's like a 30-second scene with a very young Chris Parnell. <laughs> Jeez. It's fantastic. Interesting. Dave, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, maybe Elf. Yeah, that's a good one. That, that, <laughs> is that I've probably one of, seen it like a thousand times now. Yeah. Is that Will Ferrell's signature character? Because like, everybody's seen Elf. Maybe not everybody's seen Step Brothers or well, Anchorman. An Anchorman. It, I, I would say Anchor. Those The top three would be Anchorman, Talladega Nights, and oh, yeah. Elf. Those, those are like the three Will Ferrell Ricky identities. Ricky Bobby's up there for sure. Ricky Bobby's hilarious. Shake <laughs> and bake, baby. Shake and bake. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, all right. I'll take the second overall pick uh, for best wintertime activities. Um, I guess uh, finding like that perfect gift. You know, it's, it's time of giving. Um, you've been racking your brain. Like, I couldn't think of anything to uh, get my mom this year. She's gone through a lot this year so i was just trying to figure it out and uh i got her a comic book just because she needs a laugh <laughs> uh she's a fan of foxtrot i don't know if you know if you guys know foxtrot comic strip yeah okay um but yeah that that's her that's her go-to so i got that got that from amazon the other day so finding that perfect gift and just knowing they're going to be happy when they open that up on uh christmas definitely uh the go-to David, yeah. David, what's your first pick? I'll go uh, ice skating. I'm a big ice skater. Uh, growing up, we would play like pond hockey uh, okay. over by a friend of mine's house. And um, I don't think I have a pair of skates that fits me anymore. But I, <laughs> I love ice skating. But uh, yeah, I'm a huge hockey guy. I don't really like being outside in the winter unless I'm ice skating. So that, that's what I'll pick. You ever tried to stab anybody with your skate like Happy Gilmore? <laughs> not not yet. Um, I won't completely rule it out, but if I need to, I'll I'll bust it out. There you go. Hey, uh, hockey season's coming back. You excited? Oh yeah, games. man! Hockey and basketball are coming back up. I I can't wait for it. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Nate. What's your uh, second or your second pick? Um, I'm gonna have to go with sledding. Yeah, that that like finding that good hill, like you mm -hmm. like oh, but the snow has to be perfect too. Like it could, it can't be too muddy. You like that good hill, you get a good long run. We got one around here that uh, there's like a line for for like a solid <laughs> five ten minutes just to go down. <laughs> yeah, we used to have one when I was growing up like that. It was right next to my high school. There was a little hill, then just an open field, and then a big drainage hill. And there was an ice storm one year where we went down the little hill all the way across the big field and then down the big hill. Oh, nice. Perfect conditions. Snow tubing or sledding is better? 
Ooh. I'm going to go with sledding just because you can do a lot. There's a lot more shenanigans that can be done (laughs) with sledding, reaching over, like hitting your friend. It's hard to throw snowballs sitting in a tube. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's definitely a leisure activity, snow tubing more than sledding. You You have a bit more control. I would say. So it's a bit more fun. I'm with you there. Plus, if you run somebody over, you're not going to break their ankle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) Oh, geez. All right, here's mine. Uh, Back on the hockey. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, watching the Winter Classic games in, like, those outdoor stadiums. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really watch too much hockey in general uh, or regular season hockey, but I make sure to watch uh, those games just because they're super cool. Uh, the, uh, The... Ice skating rinks looked really cool. Uh, my Capitals, they played a couple years in Navy Stadium, and it looked like an aircraft carrier, um, the, th- uh, the platform they were on. That looked super cool. Um, and then, like, they always have, like, uh, cool custom jerseys for it. Yeah, that's why I actually love – I'm not a big hockey guy, but I love opening hoppy, hockey products because, at least in, like, SP Game Used, they will have patches specifically from the Winter Classic jerseys or, or a banner that was hanging up in the stadium in the Winter Classic. And just that specificity, that, one try. Yeah, um, that's is super cool. just awesome. Here's a question. Do you think hockey uh, cards are going to start uh, going up in price? Because um, we've seen – Crazy booms with basketball and football. Baseball's kind of matured a little bit. Um, still going up in general, but hockey seems to be lower. I just don't really see hockey going anywhere near the same extent. Gotcha. Okay. I just wanted to ask, um, get your perspective on it. Uh, David, your uh, second pick. Uh, this is a tough one for me. The winter time is my least favorite time of the year, but oh, I uh, hate it too. I yeah. absolutely despise winter, <laughs> but I wanted to be positive. Be positive. They uh, yeah. <laughs> so. threw out the word snowball, so I'm gonna go snowball fighting. Yes, I don't know when the last time I was in a snowball fight was, but uh, I would I would go outside right now and have one if I had the right army of people yeah. with me. <laughs> Yeah, growing up as a baseball player in snowball fights, it's the one time in winter where you get to show off the arm. So <laughs> uh, definitely uh, the goal was to make someone cry as a baseball player. <laughs> but uh, all right, Nate, your uh, third and final pick. Snow football. Yes, yes. Diving catches everywhere. Yeah, because you're like, I can dive. It's padded. Yep. <laughs> I remember one year we used to play. My aunt and uncle used to have a house in upstate New York, and we were playing one year, our family, you know, Christmas football game. There was like a foot and a half of snow on the ground, at least. So it was just like everybody was going in slow motion. It, it, it must. If anybody was watching from inside. Like, we're all like, oh, and they're watching us just go like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, that uh, snow football, we had like two feet of snow one year or something. And that was all we did because we had the whole week of school off. And that was all we did every single day. Me and my brothers was just go outside and play for uh, hours, snow football. Now, would you play time. regular snow football or would you also throw in some rumble fumble? I don't know what Rumble Fumble is. Is that just like tr- try and hit the crap out of a, a kid? Um, pretty much. The <laughs> the uh, non-politically correct term for it when like our parents were growing up was smear the queer. Yes. So that's basically you have the two end zones. Okay, if I pick up the ball coming from this end zone and go this way trying to score here, if I get hit and I fumble the ball, whoever picks it up has to try and score on that end zone. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's every man for themselves. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful activity that especially in the snow because you, you can hit whoever and you're all in snowsuits and padding. <laughs> it's until heads start colliding that someone ends up in the hospital. But <laughs> <laughs> that's part of growing up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, all right, here's my final pick. Um, 
Uh, I guess back in uh, professional sports, uh, there's one weekend in January where we have Monday off. I think it's Martin Luther King weekend uh, mm -hmm. that Monday. Um, and that's when uh, there's two games on two NFL games on Saturday, two NFL games on Sunday, and you have Monday off. That was the best weekend for football. All you did all day for two straight days would just watch football. Uh, it was and they're usually wonderful. playoff games, right? Yes, they're all playoff games. It's fantastic. Um, as a college student, it's the beginning of the semester. No papers are due. You have no responsibilities. It's one of the best times of the year. <laughs> the most wonderful time of the year, even. Yeah, maybe even. <laughs> all right, David, close us out on the draft. Oh, man. Um, I guess sports-wise, in the wintertime, the one thing I, in a normal world, love to do, go to basketball games. Yeah. Uh, What's normal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I miss that so much. Right now, if, if I could go and just, like, uh, Sixers, all those college teams in Philly, go hang out with a couple of my friends, watch some basketball, be all nice and warm when you know it's freezing outside. Love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Isn't uh, isn't Christmas Day the start of the NBA season? Or uh, I think there's games tomorrow. Oh, or, really? I think okay. there's a Lakers game tomorrow. Maybe somebody else too. But I know the Lakers and the Clippers play tomorrow, and then uh, Christmas, or maybe not tomorrow, but on the 23rd. I don't know. All I know is the Lakers and Clippers open the season, <laughs> and then on Christmas there's a whole bunch of games too. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. Uh, see what uh some of these teams draft picks look like uh david any you're an nba guy any thoughts on uh who's gonna surprise in the nba season who's gonna surprise um i'm a huge toronto raptors guy have been for the, for the last couple of years and i think uh, a lot of people slept on them last year and they proved that they shouldn't be slept on so i think they can make some noise this year in the east uh, of course i'm pulling for my sixers as well but who knows? A lot of times you can predict what, uh, what happens in the NBA, so it's tough to call surprises. Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, that coach for Toronto might be one of the most underrated in Nick uh, Nurse. Yes, <laughs> in the sports history. <laughs> um, he does amazing things with teams you wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. um, that's about my knowledge from watching four NBA Finals games with you in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, so uh, moving on into the final aspect of the show, the song lyric or movie quote of the day. So uh, I'm sitting here with a New Jersey resident who hates Bruce Springsteen, David. <laughs> um, so I thought it'd be fun to uh, steal a line from New Jersey's favorite artist, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, so it comes from Dancing in the Dark. And uh, this line really spoke to me. It, I think it describes like a lot of people right now, but uh you can't start a fire without a spark. And I think a lot of people are looking for a spark right now. I know uh, the, this past semester, um, I was the most unmotivated person you could find. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything until the second it was due. Um, but I'm starting to find that spark. I got one more semester left before I'm done with college forever. Um, so I got the spark. Fire's lit. I'm excited. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh nate give us your song lyric or movie so quote. mine is from rapper andy minio um song will it's just called willie uh but he said he's talking about like haters and stuff in the song and he has a line where he says they think they're shooters but they're ben simmons and the first time i heard it, i just died <laughs> That strikes a chord with uh, David, I bet. But that's, me, that's me, I one. mean, me too. Yeah. I'm a Sixers fan. But oh, just, okay. Uh, as soon as I heard it, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Didn't he make like his first three-pointer this year or something and everybody lost their minds? Oh, everybody went insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. That, that, uh, yeah, he has one career three-point, right? One. He might have two now. Two. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. We shouldn't <laughs> arguing <laughs> pennies, but yeah. Yeah. All right, David, finish this out. Uh, I don't have a single quote or lyric today, but I've been listening to Mac Miller's Swimming, the album, for yeah. like the last two days in a row. So uh, 
anybody's unfamiliar with that one, go check it out. Listen to it all the way through, and it's fantastic. Uh, that's the best I got for you today. Hey, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, Mac Miller, a uh, Pittsburgh legend. Um, I I remember that day um, a couple years ago. But yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Mac Miller, one of the most respected guys uh, in the R&B rap community for sure yep <laughs> um that album his family released was really cool uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it it spoke to like a lot of people for sure but uh, he's got good he's got good stuff man that's why I oh yeah the whole album is fantastic top to bottom my favorite song from him uh it's probably knock knock yep it's, one of, like, it's the gotta first be songs. knock knock yeah <laughs> that song is so fun uh but yeah that uh that ends our show Thank you to David for his commentary and uh, Nate for joining the show. And yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Although yeah. I will, I, I thought of a trivia question for you guys. Oh, okay. Let's a hear it. A little bit of a hint because I did mention one of the players already today. Okay. There are two players in Major League Baseball history that hit a home run in the same game that they got their 200th career win as a pitcher. Okay. So Tim Hudson is Tim Hudson. I'm trying to think who else has 200. I'm going to go with Zach Greinke just because. It's not is. an active player. Okay. Oh, could you give us like a, a year? I, I year? don't know the year off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll tell you the AL Central. Oof. The AL Central had a pitcher <laughs> who hit a home run. I'm going to go Burt Blylevin. I don't know. <laughs> Good guess, but no. Because, like, they would have to be – wait, it'd have to be uh, past the year they started doing interleague. Oh, God. I have no idea. Dontrell Willis win 200 games? No. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to – oh, God. No one right now. Cleveland Indians. Cy Young? <laughs> no. He's a Cleveland Spider. <laughs> Not a bad guess because a lot of the pitchers back then hit, but ah, God, I have no idea. Bob Lemon. Bob Lemon, a Hall of Famer. Bob Lemon. That was back in like what, like the fifties or sixties, somewhere around there. I just remember I was watching the game where Tim Hudson did it, and it, Hudson also missed a second one by about this much. <laughs> And they brought up the fact that, like, all right, Tim Hudson and Bob Lemon are the only ones to do it, and that just stuck with me. That is my, like, obscure trivia fact. <laughs> Interesting. Well, uh, we've done this. We've asked this question on the show before, but a uh, good player or great player, Tim Hudson? Uh, good player. Good player. Okay. I think I said great. Uh, David, did you say good or great? To be honest with you, man. But, um, yeah, uh, his Hall of Fame case is going to come up. I think it's this year. Um, yeah, Good player that I think belongs in the hall, but not a great player. Got One it. of his keys was longevity. Yes, yes, for sure. I think that's. I think that's what we said. Yeah, didn't he win like fifteen games like twelve years in a row or something or something, something crazy? Like that. Yeah, um, yeah. He is. He won a lot. He put his team in position to win. Uh, great player um, from my point of view. He was actually drafted as a shortstop. Really. Wow. Huh. I'm, I, because there's one game the Braves commentators made a, a point after Andrelton Simmons threw like a heater over to first base. <laughs> they said Simmons was originally a pitcher and Hudson was originally a shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez. Yeah. I, I, any, any, uh, well, here, all right. Last question. <laughs> uh, but these are just coming to mind. Uh, what position player, uh, would you want to see throw an inning, uh, in Major League Baseball? Hmm. I would say Willens Astudio, but he already did that. <laughs> and Pablo Sandoval. They, yeah. uh... <laughs> there, there is a tops variant uh, where Williams Astudio is pitching. Hmm. Um, but I, Jeff Francoeur also has already pitched. I love Francoeur. He's a cannon for an arm. I want to see uh, Aaron Hicks because some of those throws he's unleashed from center field in Yankee Stadium, I think he could light up the radar gun. Ooh. Jason Hayward. Okay, nice. <laughs> David, any uh, thoughts? 
Uh, speaking from experience, I left a meaningless end of the year Phillies game once where Ichiro yes. ended up pitching the ninth inning and will never forgive myself for it. <laughs> so I want to be in the stadium when Ichiro throws it. I thought you were going to say it was the game where Roy Oswalt was playing left field. Oh, I, I remember that, that game. That one too. Yeah. <laughs> they were playing the Nats. Like Ryan Howard got ejected in like the 16th inning or something. Like, yeah. That's like, I get excited for a position player on the mound, but seeing a pitcher in the outfield, yes. amazing. He and caught he a fly a ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to attach that. We'll have to clip this and attach that uh, <laughs> clip. Oh, geez. I, yeah, the cheers were tremendous uh, yeah. over the radio. But uh yeah, I think that ends the show. Thank you so much, Nate, for uh, uh, thanks for having shooting, me on, guys. Shooting that trivia question at us. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Um, and to all our listeners, follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Thank you so much, and follow Nate and the Cardboard Illuminati podcast. They're good people. All right, thank you.